Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Hi, movie fans. Thank you for tuning in to our Oscar prediction show. As you can tell, my voice isn't working today, so Nikki Starr will be your host, and here she is now. Nikki, have fun with our special guest. Thank you so much, Betty Jo. It is so my pleasure to do another show with two of our favorite film critics. We have Mac Bates and Jeff Roberts here. So they've agreed to share their predictions in six key Oscar categories. We are so lucky to have them with us because they both have a deep interest in the Oscars, and they really know their movie stuff. Jeff has been a guest on a variety of Canadian and American radio and TV programs, such as Daytime in Mississauga, Canada, where he discussed his detailed perspectives on the, Amer- on the Academy Awards for a number of years. And Mac has written freelance articles for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and also served as a staff blogger for Milwaukee Magazine's official film blog. So let's get this show on the road right now, starting with Jeff. Welcome back to Movie Attic Headquarters, Jeff. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Thanks for having me again. Good. It's so great to have you with us, Jeff. And the same goes for Mac. Mac, thank you for agreeing to be one of our guests again today. How are you doing? I'm doing uh, fine, and thank you so much for inviting me to come back on and uh, talk shop about Oscars. It's always always great to be a part of it. It is, and it's it's really one of my favorite times. We're so happy you guys can be here. So I know how much you guys look forward to the Academy Awards. Now, we're going to start off with the Best Picture category first. So there are nine nominees, and they are... Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. So, Mac, why don't you get us started by sharing your predictions about which movie you think will win Best Picture this year and which movie you would like to see win? But this year it's a been a it's a pretty interesting race. I can't say that about all Oscar uh, races certainly in uh, recent years, but this one it's it's pretty interesting. It's a it's a a, a grab bag of uh, options. It's a little something uh, for everybody, honestly. Um, but if I had to predict what I think will win, it looks like the momentum at this point is behind Sam Mendes' Sam Mendes' uh, 1917. Uh, a, a film about a uh, World War One that is uh, uh, designed to look like it was filmed in one long continuous take. You know, it's a technical marvel, a directorial achievement uh, of uh, of you know stunning uh, clarity and, and resonance. Uh, certainly in uh, you know today's current uh, uh, hotbed political uh, scene. And the thing that I think is going to propel it is uh, the the awesome technical. Achievement behind it, and plus it's a, it's it's just a very interesting uh, concept in order to film uh, a movie, and it has been done before. 
you know, the same sort of uh, concept where it's all one long continuous take or its design took like one long continuous take. Uh, Birdman uh, right. was a, a similar uh, film in that regard, and that went, would go on to win our Best Picture uh, the year that it came out about five or six years ago now. And I think I think the momentum is behind that. You could look at that based on uh, how well it did at the uh, Golden Globes. Not that that's necessarily a predictor as much as it once was, but uh, there's still some some truth behind that. And I think I think the momentum is behind it. It's it's one of the films nominated of the nine that is uh, uh, still kind of rolling out. It's you know like pretty much the freshest of the bunch in terms of you know it's it's a late uh, end of the year release, and it's the freshest on people's minds I think, and I think that's going to play a big part in it. Sam Mendes, uh, his uh, feature film uh, uh, debut as a director, American uh, Beauty, won Best Picture back in 1999. Well, it came out in 1999 and won the Oscar uh, uh, that spring in 2000, and he also won Best Director, and uh, he's you know quite well respected. And this is something that has been a passion project of his. He has gone on record as saying that it's a, a film that he made uh, was inspired by his father's service. So I think, you know, uh, the the sentiment behind uh, that, you know, and, and him paying homage to not, uh, you know, to, to the military and to, uh, you know, uh, World War One. I, I think that's all going to play into uh, that eventually uh, taking home Best Picture. Now, if I had to choose one that I would personally Little mm-hmm. four, you know, nineteen seventeen would certainly be in the running. But if I had to, you know, cast my vote, I would have a very difficult time deciding between Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Parasite. But I think it would, I would eventually tip my hat to Parasite just because it's so uh, fresh, it's so innovative, it's so different, and it uh, would be the first time, if I'm, it would be the first time that a foreign language film won uh, Best Picture. So. uh I think it, uh, all of that, you know, just how inventive it is, how fresh it is, how how original, how captivating, uh, and all of that will play into it. Well, thank you. How, what do you feel? How do you think about that, Jeff? Do you agree with him, or let's hear your predictions? Nineteen <laughs> Are you there? Hello? I am. Oh, sorry, Hello? I heard something weird for a second. I'm here. Uh, Nineteen Seventeen is the one film I saw last year that held me absolutely spellbound for the entire two hours that it was on the screen. I felt as though I was the third person thrust into a mission that no sane person would take or ever want to ensure that 1,600 men wouldn't face certain slaughter in an ambush in World War One. And it's uh, about two uh, corporals who are chosen for, the, for this mission, and uh, one has a brother that is on the um, platoon that could... Uh, be running into this ambush, and the two of them are sent uh, on a desperate uh, rescue. Um, I liked the uh, the one shot technique because that really puts uh, the viewer into the uh, the movie and into the the story. And I think that uh, Mendez is uh, with this picture. They're going to cross the, the the finish line, in my my opinion, because uh, I've seen uh, nothing that uh, equals the uh, uh, cinematography from from Roger. Roger Deakins, and I should uh, point out that uh, although many people think that uh, a uh, Best Picture nominee needs to win uh, Best Editing to to win Best Picture historically, that's true. But uh, Birdman in 2014 uh, used the same uh, one-shot technique, and it uh, won uh, Best Picture. So it shouldn't be a hurdle at all. Oh, did it win Best Editing? I forgot. Oh, Birdman. 
I think it did, but I, I know that it won Best pic, Picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, wait a minute. It didn't have no. It didn't have that nomination, so it, it won. Uh, that, despite the fact that it didn't have that yeah. nomination, which oh, you okay. normally yeah. need that win to get a Best Picture Oscar. That's interesting. I did love Birdman. I'm really excited to see 1917. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Jeff is right. Uh, uh, historically speaking, anyway, when you speak to a, a lot of uh, different award prognosticators, they often say that uh, whatever wins Best uh, Editing, if it's also nominated for Best Picture, it's, it's, it has a, a like a 20 or 30 percent uh, shot more so than its uh, fellow nominees of winning Best Editing. I forget the exact um, uh, percentage, but it's, it, it, it gives it a bump essentially. So. And so 1917 was not nominated for Best Editing. Is that what you're telling me? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. So then do you ha- – is that the one that you would choose to as well as your favorite out of the one, the nine nominees? I really like that one, and I really liked uh, Once Upon a Ta- Time in, in Hollywood, but I feel that they've uh, overlooked um, Quentin, Tarrell's, uh, Quentin Tarantino's uh, – career for for years except for uh two awards that he was uh, given for for writing they've overlooked him in in directing and they've overlooked his films for best picture i just have a feeling that that trend's going to continue especially in the uh the uh, director category because it seems that the directors bureau that uh, votes for that award um there's something about him that they don't like because it's uh, <laughs> been quite a long time and they haven't uh uh, honored anything from his uh, career yet. That's a shame, but it is a great segue because we're going to move on to Best Director now, if that's all right. So the nominees for Best Director are Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, Todd Phillips for Jojo Rabbit, Sam Mendes for 1917, Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. So which director nominee would you like to see win, and which do you predict winning, Jeff? Uh, 1917, directed by uh, Sam Mendes. He'll win for uh, Best Director, I think, because it really uh, checks off all the requirements that the director's branch of the Academy looks for. Uh, Mendes had to create the illusion that he filmed the movie in one continuous shot that is never broken by stitching the film together in such a way that the audience believes that they're watching that one shot, even though it's it's many. And one of the techniques that he employed to do this was making each shot about uh, 10 minutes long each, so that it would be uh, easier to uh, to piece them uh, together. And it took like six months' worth of uh, rehearsal with every actor, and it would be carefully uh, rehearsed, choreographed, and, and shot. If it wasn't right for the camera, it didn't make it in, or if the camera actually broke, which it did in a certain sequence, uh, it was too bad. Uh, I think that his uh, uh, stiffest competition comes from Martin Scorsese from The Irishman, which is uh, one of the best-reviewed films of 2019 and of... uh, uh, Scorsese's career and the fact that he was unable to secure funding for the longest time until Netflix came through with the film's uh, $159 million budget. But um, the thing against uh, Scorsese, I should point out, is that it only played in a handful of independent theaters in the U.S. and, and Canada because the major chains wouldn't carry it, and uh, that was the, the controversy surrounding that because you can't... Uh, in their opinion, have a uh, a movie play less than uh, uh, three or four weeks, and they also want uh, it not to be on a streaming service for at least 90 days after. 
So that uh, doesn't uh, bode well for, for Scorsese. And as I said, Tarantino has to overcome the fact that the Academy has largely overlooked his uh, his career. Is there some politics behind that you, that you're aware of for or for Tarantino that I'm not aware of, or is that just the way it happens? I'm not aware of what the the, the reason is, but uh, there has to be something political mm-hmm. there. Uh, maybe it's because his uh, uh, films contain a lot of violence, and uh, sometimes oh. they're, they've yeah. got some controversial stuff in it as well that is very true that is very true but i would think now and in, in you know recently that that you know shock value would make some d- bit of a difference but i can see where that might be a an issue well i love that prediction what about you mac what is your prediction and your preference in this category for best director oh well um first i want to uh, touch base on uh something you all had just uh, uh touched base on just a moment ago um in terms of uh quentin tarantino and uh politics coming into play for his not um, you know, having won a Best Director or Best Picture yet. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, his uh, tenuous, <laughs> to say the least, relationship with the Writers Guild of America. Uh, his screenplays are typically overlooked by that guild um, because I don't think he's a full-fledged member. And I think that, I think that goes along way into uh, certain people uh, feeling a certain way about him. Also, I, I do believe you all touch base on the fact that uh, some of his movies are, are considered a little, you know, violent or, or, or you know, a little too too extreme in, in certain regards when, when it comes to uh, language and what have you. And I think that also comes into play. But I think, I think his, uh, his, um, uh, his issue, I'll leave it at that, his issue with uh, the Writers Guild and to a degree the Directors Guild also I think uh, has kind of uh, sullied um, people's uh, opinion of him when it comes time to vote for the best of the year. But uh, okay. uh, as uh, Jeff mentioned, he has won uh, best uh, original screenplay twice at the mm-hmm. Oscars for Pulp Fiction in '94 uh, and for um, uh, Django Unchained in 2011, I believe that was. But um, so yeah, <laughs> that that that, uh, that plays it. That plays into it. Um, but now, in terms of my picks uh, for best yeah. director, um, I think it's safe to say that Todd Phillips's nomination for the Joker is his award. The fact that he even made it in when uh, there are other directors, uh, namely Greta Gerwig, for Little Women, who a lot of people felt was overlooked. I think I think the fact that he managed to get into the uh, final five is, is his is his award. You could also make an argument for. Uh, Lulu uh, Wang for The Farewell, even though uh, that movie was uh, uh, mysteriously completely overlooked uh, across the board, even even for its screenplay, which I thought was uh, rather exceptional. Um, but in terms of uh, uh, who I think is going to win, I believe I, I concur with, with Jeff. I think Sam Mendes has got this in the bag for 1917 just because it's, it's, it's a truly awesome technical achievement and a directorial achievement and you know those two things go hand in hand. Even you know more so now than they have ever before in film. It's always been essential, but uh, it's even more essential nowadays because uh, people are are more um, uh, cognizant of what goes into making film versus uh, you know 20, 30, 40 years ago. Uh, but if there's going to be a potential spoiler here, I would have to say uh, Bong Joon Ho for Parasite because it seems like the the uh, zeitgeist behind that film. HBO is already mm-hmm. developing a limited uh, series based on it. It's going to be interesting to see 
if uh, they use Asian actors or if they uh, Americanize it uh, to the point where that's no longer the case or if they're going to go multicultural, we'll, we'll you know, uh, find out soon enough. But I do believe that um, Sam Mendes is going to win, and I, and I, but I keep an eye out for uh, Bong Joon-ho. He's, uh, he's, he's got uh, uh, quite a fan base, and uh, his movie is universally praised, universally loved, so I, th- I think that could go – I think that could propel him over the uh, over the finish line, and and not so not a surprise upset, but a uh, uh, but it would still be described as such. But I, I do believe that uh, Sam Sam Mendez has this uh, in the okay. bag. And is that your preference? Uh, me personally, uh, yes, yes, yes it, yeah, just you know, based on a, a purely like cinematic uh, um, um, cinematic experience of you, definitely. But uh, Bong Joon Ho, uh, you know, any other year will be in the same position. He he would uh, be the the clear front runner. But I but I do believe that's going to be tipped in Sam's favor. So he Bong Joon Ho has a really high level of buzz right now. I watch mm-hmm. a lot of the reviews on YouTube, and he, I mean, it, it, no matter what they say about who's going to win, he's always the buzz is just there for him. So yes, that's interesting. All right, so that's great. You guys teach me so much. I really appreciate it. <laughs> so um, we're going to talk about the Best Actor nominee next, which is my favorite. And the five actors in contention are Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory, Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Adam Driver for Marriage Story, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, and Jonathan Price for The Two Popes. So which Best Actor nominee would you like to see win, Mac? And then which one do you think will win? Oh well, I think well, this is this is a pretty much a done deal. And I say this, uh, you know, I have to, uh, you know, uh, um, buffer this with: in any year, any of these actors would be the front runner. But but this year That's it was so just true. a true embarrassment of riches. There there are so many phenomenal uh, performances of different types in this category until it's almost like you you wish there could be a tie. But I know that won't be the case. And you also uh, wish that people like. Uh, Adam Sandler and Uncut Gems had made the cut because, again, you know, it was just you – know, there were so many amazing performances that, uh, you know, a, a handful got uh, left by the wayside. And it was unfortunate, but I, there's nobody in this category that I would take out to make room for somebody that I thought was left out. That said, uh, Joaquin Phoenix uh, is going to win for the Joker. There's, you know, it, it, it's, that's the sort of performance – uh, that is going to say the test of time, no, regardless of what you may think of the uh, film overall. The performance itself makes that movie what it is. It's so iconic, and he takes a character that has been played to perfection by other char- by other actors, rather like uh, Heath Ledger, for example, uh, Jack Nicholson before him, Cesar Romero before him, and he puts his own indelible stamp on it. And they take this this cartoon character. And give give him an origin story. You find out why he's the way he is, and the way that uh, the movie examines him. It's a uh, it's you know it's a, it's a standalone uh, uh, masterpiece in in so many different ways. And the fact that the guy who directed the Hangover movies was behind this, and the fact that they modeled it uh, closely after Taxi Driver. Like what? How many? Like uh, forty, uh, forty-three years after that movie came out, and the fact that they also got uh, Robert De Niro to uh, be a part of it in in, a, in an interesting uh, uh, way, it, you know, it, it's one of those. It's, it's a true cinematic event, and you don't really see that many 
cinematic events as you once did. And for that alone, and, and also that, you know, Joaquin Phoenix just completely owns this character in so many different ways. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I could not vote for him. So, Joaquin. So you think he's going to win, and that's who you would like to win, too, correct? Yes, yes. That's okay. who I would vote for, and that's who I think is going to win, yes. That's great. Are you in agreement with Mac, Jeff? Yes. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix's performance as Arthur Fleck in Joker is one of the most brilliant, deeply disturbing performances that I've seen on the screen in a long time, if not ever. Um, it's about uh, Arthur Fleck. He uh, envisions himself as a stand-up uh, comedian but lacks aptitude. He's uh, severely uh, mentally ill but feels abandoned by society, and I was trying to, to, to help him at first. Um, and we see throughout the film how disturbed he truly is, and uh, he actually results to a mur- murder in the, at the start of the film um, to defend himself. But you see that in his obsession uh, with another character in, in the story. I don't want to spoil it, but uh, mm-hmm. you see him totally un- unraveling to the point where he becomes completely engulfed by by mental illness. And uh, Phoenix is at his... Uh, as, at his uh, best here, and uh, you never know. Uh, you feel like you have no sense of where the uh, character starts and ends, and where the actor starts and ends. It's just one of those performances. But um, Phoenix has definitely been racking up the award wins with Golden Globes, Screen Actor Guild awards, and Critics Choice awards that qualify for you for for the um, winning the Oscar. And the fact that he's incredibly humble and says that he's standing on the uh, shoulders of uh, Heath Ledger, who played uh, the Dark Knight, uh, played in the Joker in the Dark Knight in 2008, is, is is interesting. I think that that will really appeal to the voters because he's really a humble guy. And he says until recently he didn't understand what it fully meant to be a working actor. Wow. Wow, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how he does with this because I had we talked about this earlier. I had a hard time watching the movie, but that's because he is such a great actor. Yeah, he's a he's a chameleon to say the least, and he's been like that uh, dating back to really. I think his uh, breakout in that regard was To Die For. So many people mm-hmm. were just completely like you know that was Nicole Kidman's movie, but then everybody was like, well, what about this Joaquin guy? <laughs> you know, they remembered yeah. him. Uh, you know, people who were familiar with him beforehand, they remembered him from uh, like Parenthood and a couple of you know things he did when he was a, a, a child. But then, as this young man, just completely uh, came in there and held his own against this uh, equally gifted uh, chameleon-like uh, uh, actor in Nicole Kidman. And uh, you know, he's he's kept that up uh, ever since, and it's been it's been interesting to chart his uh, progression. Um, even even when he stepped away from the spotlight for a while, it was still interesting to see what he was doing, and uh, you know it's just a hallmark of a of an interesting uh, 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 figure and, and and you know and a, and a talented actor. He is. I'm glad we all agree on that. All right, well, let's move on to the best actress nominees. Thank you guys for your insight. I appreciate it. So the nominees are Cynthia Erivo for Harriet, Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story, Sarsha Ronan for Little Women. Charlie Stan for Bombshell, and Renee Zellweger for Judy. So we'll start out with Jeff. Which one do you think will win, and which one would you like to win? Uh, in the Best Actress category, Renee Zellweger. Having just uh, earned a Screen Actors Guild Award this past Sunday to go along with her Critics' Choice Award and a Golden Globe for her, for her performance uh, as Judy, 
in the Garland in the film uh, Judy, uh, she may want to clear a place on her uh, mantle for that uh, Best Actress mm-hmm. the Oscar statue. She has the unenviable task of portraying the uh, Hollywood legend as a broken individual and someone who is constantly unraveling and ravaged by addiction. The backdrop for the film is London in 1968, just as she has taken on a series of London concerts, which would turn out to be some of her last. Her uh, performance is at times difficult to watch, as we discover Garland really never had a normal life and was uh, considered the physical property of the studio she worked for from a very early age. She was told how to think, act, and eat with every movement controlled or choreographed by her handlers. Uh, Zellweger embodies Garland and recreates some of her signature songs. This is actually Zellweger's voice that you're hearing in the the movie, including Over the uh, Rainbow and Get Happy. And also the hardest thing any actor or actress has to do is uh, portraying someone that we're all familiar with that's a real-life figure and uh, have it not come across as an imitation or worse, totally off the mark. I feel that Zellweger draws the audience in and is captivating to the last note. That's great. What a great way to to talk about her. Is that who you would like to win to? Oh, um, if it's not, if she doesn't win the uh, Academy Award for, for, for Best Actress, I would really like to see it go to uh, Saoirse Ronan for, for Little Women. Okay. All right. Well, Mac, what's your take in this category? Who do you think will win, and who do you think should win? Just like a best actor, this is uh, this is a hard one because I definitely have a clear favorite, and I also have uh, thoughts on who I think will eventually win. But um, with this one, uh, it's interesting that uh, Renee Zellweger is uh, you know just racking up uh, all these award wins uh, as of late. Because the film critics were kind of split, they were you know going with uh, a lot of other uh, people like Saoirse, um and uh, and some others as well. But uh, what's interesting is when I speak to people, not not uh, film you know critics or or you know, people who who uh, you know tend to watch a lot of movies, just your average you know person who might go to, to the movies two or three times you know a month or, or even less. Nobody's seen Judy. Absolutely nobody has seen yeah, Judy. That's what makes her awards win uh, sweep so interesting. Like a lot of people in the industry are watching it, but I really am not getting much feedback from just your casual moviegoer. Where like, oh yeah, she was great in that movie. If anything, they heard of it, but they haven't actually seen it. And uh, I um, have uh, seen it, and she is quite quite good in the film. And I was wondering, and and I know that there were some people who were concerned that it would just. Uh, be kind of an exploitative take on uh, Judy Garland's life, which, you know, there, there have been a number of uh, projects over the years that have been more exploitative than, than celebratory or, or even based in, in, in you know, um, some sort of uh, understanding of, you know, how hard her plight was. Um, the only other uh, film of note, and it wasn't even a film, it was actually a television film that I thought did her uh, any sort of real justice was uh, uh, me and my, sh- uh, my my life is Judy Girl and me and my shadows with uh, Judy Davis about 20 years ago now, and you know she was she was from, from you know just amazing uh, as Judy uh, Garland just as uh, Renee's worker Renee's worker is uh, in Judy. Um, that said, I do believe she will win because uh, it's it's also not just it, it, there's a number of components coming into play for her. She has been off out of the scene for a while about. Four or five years she took off, and you know this is like her comeback uh, project, as it as it were. She looks 
and sounds quite a bit like uh, Judy Garland did at that uh, time in her life. The movie covers the last uh, year of her life when she has to uh, leave her two uh, younger kids behind in order to uh, 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 work uh, abroad in order to provide for them properly. And um, it's based on some very interesting uh, source material. And Rizal Werger is one of those actors who completely commits. She's also very chameleon-like, like some of the other ones I've uh, mentioned uh, today so far. So I think with all of that and, and, and the fact that she is pretty much perceived as being due, I think that also is going to uh, play in her favor. And at um, 50, she will be one of the few actresses to win Best Actress in their 50s. Normally, if you have not won by the time you're 50, it's, it's a, a hard road to hoe. And so the fact that she is at that age now and she will be uh, come Oscar night is going to be interesting to see if uh, if she pretends to break that uh, the Oscar curse where actresses in their 50s are, are uh, pretty much relegated to uh, also ran status or if they do win, it's in the supporting actress category. Um, but if I had to choose a sentimental favorite, um, it, for me it would be uh, Saoirse Ronan, as a uh, as a uh, Joe and Little Women, I just think what she has been doing ever since she uh, got her start has just been truly, truly uh, 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 thought provoking and interesting. And she always seems to have a fundamental understanding of her characters that may or may not be on the page. It clearly was on the page in this film, which makes her achievement all that more phenomenal and I just I just thought she was amazing in that in that performance and I didn't think anybody was really going to be able to match uh what Winona Ryder did in the 94 version and she matched you know matched what she did just beautifully in her own way and uh and uh you know the movie is just uh it's it's a testament to uh female empowerment it's a testament to uh following one's dream and it's a testament to uh the the intoxicating power that uh, being completely in possession of one's own voice and one's own um, life perspective is all about. So it's, you know, for those reasons and, and, and others. Uh, that's, that, Saoirse is who I would love to see win, but it, it but it's definitely going to be going to uh, Renee Zellweger for Judy. All right. Well, thank you for that. So let's move on now. We have about 15 more minutes left. We'll move on now to Best Supporting Actor. And here are the nominees for that category. It's Tom Hanks. For a beautiful day in the neighborhood, Anthony Hopkins for the Two Popes, Al Pacino for the Irishman, Joe Pesci for the Irishman, and Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And we'll start with you, Matt. What's your take on the Best Supporting Actor category? Uh, again, this is pretty much a clean sweep. Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, even though it's a bit of a, a a case of category fraud because he's no more supporting Leonardo than Leonardo is supporting him. They're both co-leads in the film, but you know they ch- they opted to put Leo in um, lead and opted to put Brad in supporting, and he's been winning things left, right, and center. The Golden Globe the Screen Actors Guild Award, the Critics' Choice Award, among other uh, uh, prizes. He's never won an acting uh, Oscar before. His only previous his uh, previous Oscar win was for producing 12 Years a Slave. He's one of the, uh, like, five or six producers on that project, and he was nominated in 95 for uh, Supporting Actor for 12 Monkeys. And, I, again, I think, with uh, as, as is the case with uh, Renee Zellweger, it's, he's, he's got to that point now where it's his time. People are like, you know, mm-hmm. he, he's put he's uh, paid his dues, he's put the work in, he's been consistently good, he's well liked, he's phenomenal in that in that film is uh, is Cliff Barnes, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's char- his character is a stunt double, and uh, what 
like, you know, he, it plays to his strengths in every every conceivable way, and it's truly a perfect uh, uh, symbiosis of, of uh, actor and character. Like, I can't think of anybody else who could have played that character as memorably as, as Brad Pitt. So for those reasons, uh, and plus he's just he's, he's, he's amazing in the film, and, and it's hard to stand out in the movie opposite Leonardo DiCaprio, somebody that, that ridiculously talented, but not only does he stand... Uh, you know, next to him, he he uh, is every bit as memorable in his own way. So Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and a special shout out to Joe Pesci in The Irishman. He was great. It was so great to see him back on screen after a 20 plus year break. I hadn't even realized he had retired from acting. That's it. He had been gone for so long. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I wonder what happened to Joe Pesci. And then they say, yeah, oh. he's coming back, and he's been retired ever since like '98. I had no clue. And here I am, a film critic, and I had no clue that he had been retired for that long. So it was really, really great seeing him back on the big screen, you know, working with Scorsese, working with De Niro and uh, and Pacino and, 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 you know, the whole bunch, Keitel. And I sincerely hope that uh, we see more of him. I hope that he doesn't go back into retirement. I, you know, I would love to see him uh, uh, come back out for, a, you know, a third act and, and uh, impress us the way he has impressed us for 40-plus uh, years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. He's he's good, and he's memorable. That's why we didn't think he was retired for so long. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, Jeff. So, what do you think will happen in this category, and what would you like to see happen? Uh, Brad Pitt, because he's uh, won all the uh, other awards, the Critics, Critics Choice Award awards, the uh, Golden Globes, and a Screen Actors Guild Award for portraying Cliff uh, Booth, who is a veteran stunt performer, who uh, is having will, will have a hard time getting work after. Uh, working with Rick uh, Dalton, who he's doubled for years, and Dalton's on a continuous uh, downward career uh, spiral. Pitt is not only Rick's uh, trusted double, but he's also a confidant and someone who can be uh, trusted to fix the actor's uh, antenna on his roof as well as (laughs) be his uh, professional driver because he's got numerous uh, drunk driving convictions. Uh, I really enjoyed that uh, film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Brad Pitt's uh, performance. So I think he is going to get the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor for sure. And is that who you would choose? Is that your preference too in that category? That's who I would choose choose okay. to win. Um, I mean, you can never count out uh, Tom Hanks as a possibility because the Academy absolutely loves him. He was brilliant as uh, as Mr. Rogers, and he was in a film where it's about a reporter who's absolutely broken and uh, he discovers himself through uh, the lens of, uh, of Tom Hanks' uh, Mr. Rogers. It's it's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited to see all of these. You guys make me so happy to <laughs> see them and to hear your insight. I really appreciate it. So we just have one more category left. We'll have to go through it a little quick. We have about 10 minutes and then the outro. So that final category, Supporting Actress. And the five nominees are Laura Dern for Marriage Story, Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit, Kathy Bates for Richard Jewell, Margaret Robbie for Bombshell, and Florence Pugh for Little Women. So, Jeff, if you want to start us off with your prediction and your preference in this category. Um, Writer and director Nora Baumbach is understated in his view that casting Laura Dern in Marriage Story, she's my pick for Best Supporting Actress, was essential to the film being successful. She plays a divorced lawyer that has to be as formidable as the film's two leads portrayed by Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. And uh, they're living on the uh, on opposite coasts, and both of them are 
wanting divorce from each other. Uh, Dern is seductive as Nora and comes across as someone who's had a lot of empathy for you at first, whereas the first person who, if you turn your back, she'll stab you in it. And uh, her co-star, uh, Ray Liotta, said that uh, that Dern came into filming Marriage Story with guns loaded, and I, I fully agree with that. And she has been racking up the... Uh, awards as of late for this uh, performance and i feel that she's going to to do it again for the uh, for the oscars um she's uh, number one one and i think this is going to be uh, the uh, the role that gets it for her and that's your preference too right she is a great actress right okay and what about you mac what do you oh yeah think? i completely agree uh this is laura Dernier. she has been on fire her entire career but particularly the past uh three or four years uh, you know, she is. She's one of those actors who she never. She's never bad. Even if the movie or the project that she's in doesn't live up to her level, she elevates everything she's in, and and, and anything that she's in is all the better because she's a part of it. You know, I, I've never seen her uh, uh, give a false performance or just be off key, and it seems like she has really come into her own power in these past, yeah, you know, three or four years starting with um, Big Little Lies as Renata on that, and then this, this character, Norwich, is kind of almost like a, um, almost like a uh, Renata's more sensible uh, cousin in terms of, you know, uh, power and, and just, you know, not taking, uh, you know, any guff off anybody. So, and she, she's, she's phenomenal in, in, this, in this movie that is filled with uh, truly exceptional performances top to bottom from, you know, Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver, as well as Ray Liotta and uh, Alan Alda, and you know the fact that she stands out among that 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 cast. That's uh, you know that alone is uh, something to really uh, uh, give give major props to. And she's uh, won uh, quite a few awards, as Jeff pointed out uh, when he was uh, speaking about her. And I, I have no doubt that uh, she will end up uh, taking home the Oscar for supporting actress. And it, it'll be great that uh on her fourth nomination you know and then third in her uh third for uh supporting if i'm not mistaken uh, no actually i think there's three nominations yeah Nom- uh, so third time will be the charm and and um it, it is great and uh and her parents bruce dern and uh diane ladd also previous nominees who uh had never got the opportunity to win she always went there with them when they were nominated and and hopefully they'll be there to uh, see the little girl go on that stage and and uh accept hers well, that's great. Thank you guys so much. So um, we're, at, we're actually almost out of time. Is there anywhere that you would like to um, give a shout-out to where we can find you online to read your reviews, um, Mac? I'm not sure if you have an, any, if there's any place that we can do that, but if you would like to give that information out, you can do that right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, actually, yeah, you, sh- you can go to uh, MilwaukeeMagazine.com or MilwaukeeMag.com, and uh, you can search uh, by name for uh, things that I wrote there. And also you can go to JS online.com and search for uh, uh, past reviews and features that I wrote for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. That's great. And what about you, Jeff? Is there a place we can read you? Yes. If you go on to uh, Rotten Tomatoes, uh, their website, and type my name in the uh, search bar, uh, you'll be able to pull up all the uh, reviews that I have uh, written. Uh, most of them are for uh, Betty Joe's site, uh, realtalkreviews.com. So also check that out, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I just want to say a really big thank you to you guys so much. Like, just being here with you makes me feel smarter. You're ah. so great. <laughs> You're far too kind, and thank you, though. I appreciate it. 
I just always learn so much, and I get very excited about the movies. Even though I love movies, and I watch a ton of movies. Like I said earlier, I haven't seen these movies yet for various reasons, but I will make sure that um, I do. Well, that's and, your homework assignment. Yeah. Get, get, to, uh, get to watch it. <laughs> I will. And then, I'll, of course, I'll see you on Facebook. I would like to know. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, guys. Remember, the Oscars will be given out on Sunday, February 9th. So we'd like a big thanks to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for their support, as well as to all our listeners and to Nancy Lombardo and Angela Drake Perry for supporting our show on their own radio shows. Nancy's the hilarious host of What's the Buzz, right here on Blog Talk Radio every Monday and Friday morning at 1030 Eastern Standard Time. And Angela is the gracious VIP over at 502 Fallen Angel Radio. And remember that the Oscars will be given out on Sunday, February 9th, so don't forget to watch. And thank you guys again. That's all for now, folks. So to take us out, here's Betty Jo's favorite rendition of, you guessed it, Hooray for Hollywood. <laughs> 